I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. Happy Wednesday. Hope everyone's having a good week so far, that you are setting goals, making them happen. I'm getting high. <laughs> I'm just smoking. That's the best way to end That's always the best way. <laughs> yeah, it is, really. You know, it's a good way to re- reward yourself for your hard, hard, hard... <laughs> Hard, hard day a work. A hard, hard long day. Jesus. Especially being moms. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was really sad. Um, anyway. We're joined by a special guest. <laughs> We're joined by a special guest, my friend, Natasha. Um, I've known thank her. Thank you for having me. Yes. <laughs> thank you for coming. You, I've known you for a long time now, actually. What, like five, five? Four years. Four. No, as long as Irie's been born. Remember, Remember I met you in your Oh, yeah. yeah. That's how we met. Remember? Oh, my God. That is right. So, Natasha hit me up on, and was like, or did you go through Nisha? No. I think I just you sent you a up. random yeah, DM, and did. I was like, can I just belly, like, Hannah, your belly? Yeah. Can we collab like, on a all, shoot? I was like nine months pregnant. She's yeah. like, can I have your belly? I was like, sure. Fuck it. Yeah. That's and then she was like, I was like, do, we, do you have a photographer in mind? And she's like, yeah. I have one, Nisha. You like, it. and then you. Is that how? Did I introduce you guys? You guys. Oh wow! Yeah, it was Wait, you. I forgot. Yeah, that's it wasn't so my <laughs> choice. The photographer was yours. <laughs> I love so it. So because now, like, I'm so random. Right, right, right. Speaking of Hannah, she does Hannah. She does a lot of things. She's gonna Hannah and smoke and interview all Yay. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, she's fucking amazing. <laughs> Just regular life. Um, but, and she's also a mama. She's a mom. Yeah. She's an advocate for marijuana, an advocate for PTSD, um, and a business owner, entrepreneur. Yes. Small business owner. Yeah. Let me know if I'm missing anything. <laughs> Beautiful. Everything. All those things. The Beautiful shit. soul. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. We're excited to have you. We are. Um, so you you're not you're originally from seattle right born yeah born in actually california oh you were okay born moved to seattle when i was four pretty much lived there my whole life and then i moved here when i was like uh 24 25 2015 mm-hmm. and then i just started working at a lash bar but at the same time i was actually working at 24 fitness from um yes. i always like to share this because women are like how do you get where you did and just to encourage people, because it's not just all about social media, um, I you had to work really hard. So I was actually working at 24 Hour Fitness uh, from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. And then I went to a lash bar in the daytime. And so I can still network and all of that. And I was doing like part-time modeling um, and acting. And I still do like when I can, but I feel like lashes and henna is like my love. I think and I've seen so you in a commercial make, before, actually. Yeah, I, do. <laughs> I sometimes do commercials. It's fun. When I have, to have, have time for it, I'll do it. But that's kind of how it all started, and it was 2015, and um, four years later, Rewind, I had a baby girl. Her name's Amrita, mm-hmm. and um, after having a good amount of clientele, I didn't want to leave my Shanti bar behind, and I left it with a great technician, and I'm living in Seattle currently for the past year and a half, 
and it's been good. Pretty much traveling between both sides, both worlds, um, both worlds, meaning Seattle and um, LA for me, and then just being a mom and advocating for PTSD, like you just mentioned for the last year, because it's really important to my heart due to life incidences that has literally been thrown in front of me and then yeah which we'll get into and all that yeah sure i just want to say that i really 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 love connecting and meeting with women that first of all i'm high so i'm like very (laughs) in tune with my inner woman um, but it just centers us. Yeah, it brings my, me back to your authentic <laughs> self anyway. So my just... energy feelings. <laughs> I'm really in tune with my feelings right now. And um, I need to say this. I need to say that. I do. <laughs> say it. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, get it out. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> hey, bitches. Let my flow flow. <laughs> you know, weed makes you be like super honest. Right. And, no, I'm this kidding. is some good tree. Isn't it good? <laughs> it's nice, organic, nice. California sun-grown. Yes, yeah, I who love else, it. Who makes this again? Lowell. Lowell's. Yeah, and Lowell's then it comes in like the sexy like packaging pre-roll. It's a, it's a box. I mean, they have a few things in tubes too, but I, I really like that it comes in a box and it's like saving, yeah. like I said to you, sea life earlier because oh, it benefits go into I was actually early with smoking these or... Yeah, he was smoking these. <laughs> and um no, I'm not, I'm we're that out. Happy <laughs> um, Bay. Happy Bay was smoking these. <laughs> and I was just telling him, I'm like, this this is so detailed. It has a little compartment for the like, matches. Matches yeah. and the aesthetic is beautiful. It has a little like what is that? A like a ram or something? Like a it's an goat. Animal. A goat with a, it's a, a bull? Suit. It looks like a bull a with goat, a suit. A bull in a suit yeah. with a shovel and then a yes. beautiful pre-rolled joint. And it's like they use all organic Recycle. fertilizers and they they synthetic like pesticides and they're it's, it's so they're yeah. very they're like yeah. conscious very fair well paid their employees as well. So awesome. it's yeah. That's it's cool. Thing. Back to my feelings. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. yeah, sorry. My feelings. This is what happens in this week. But we went back to you. That's okay, what back we're back here. I'm oh. here with you. I'm here with you. Just saying I like to be around women who, like, hustle and are true to themselves and uh, do what they want to do and that there's no limit. We're limitless as women. I think we, we so often feel like we have to stay in one lane and we can only do one thing and it's, like, taboo to be, like, I'm doing this and this and I did this and I also did this. And I'm by coastal and I'm going to do this. Because gonna... we can do it all. And you actually think it's not possible and but it actually is. Yeah, and, you know, there's a process and it's just it's wonderful to be around hardworking, successful women that, you know, dwells into all aspects of their passions and their creatives, and I love that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I love you. And I love you, too. Oh, I love you, guys And you're one too. of those women, too. <laughs> I just yes. I love it. Reflections. <laughs> all moms, too, like I said before, it's awesome to well, be sitting with moms together. <clears throat> moms, I think it's really important that the company you keep is so important, too. Like, Remind you, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, the moment that I started being more conscious of the people that I surrounded myself with, my things started to change automatically for me. You know, if oh, you're around yeah. people that aren't doing shit, but you're doing shit, there's something, there's something, it's what Tina's was that. <laughs> oh, oh my, my god, what did you think it was a ghost or a bird? I was like, who is coming in my fucking house? Erica, <laughs> I, I forgot to tell you that. You, I, 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 I thought it. I thought about you. it. I thought about it. Erica's very paranoid. <sighs> no. Because Jamila doesn't believe in knocking, and sometimes she'll just bust in through my door, and I'm just chilling. I'm Imagine like, you can only bust in if it's open. But still, that's not the point. You knock. You know I'm coming. 
I'm like, you hey, guys I'm, are I'm so funny. I'm serious. Someone, I know someone out there feels Well, I'm glad me. it's not a burglar. It's very safe. Look, it is uh, 8.02, 9.02 p.m. There we go. Hi. <laughs> this is, well, this is the thing about getting high. I was saying stuff out loud in my head. You just didn't hear me. Okay. Okay. Wait, I, did we did we talk about our feelings though before we got interrupted again? No, no, no I got yeah, I got my feelings out. Okay. Yeah, the feelings yeah. got out. Okay. They were out. Lowell, your your cannabis is great. Thanks. We Lowell. can't remember <laughs> saying at the moment. Once it settles in, it's gonna. No, be. We are talking about our feelings and talking about your feelings. Is always good. It's a good. It's a good combo starter. It's a good combo starter. I'm speaking of feelings. <laughs> um, so. You have a, how old is your daughter? She's two. Okay, so two she hasn't, I was going to think, I'm thinking feelings, tantrums. She hasn't, has she gotten to the tantrum phase yet? Because yeah, we a little and bit. Jamila are in like this crazy, We're in like, like, um, like, head deep. Yeah. She's <laughs> definitely like memorized logos now, so we've gone into the grocery store and she's like Isn't pulled it? out Oreos and threw them on the floor when I said no Oreos. And then laid the on the floor and cried. <laughs> and then I said, you know, let me know when you're done. Oh, so that's how you deal with them. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, do you like just ignore her when she goes through? I'll the stand there with her. Obviously, I can't just walk away. She's no, too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, okay. but I'm just saying, like everyone yeah, has their own totally. technique. Some people, you know. I mean, sometimes depending on how bad it is, and if like it's more than five minutes or three minutes, yeah, I'll put away the Oreos and just pick her up and say, you know, later, or you have to eat dinner or pizza, and then you'll get cookie, and she'll agree to it, so it's nice to but be able to. But she's still in that cute, like, really yes. small phase. You can still I feel like my daughter's, like, you know, they bigger, don't know. and she's, like... The more bigger they get, the more annoying it Yeah. Is. The older they get, they know they, they can't nego- They don't have to negotiate. When they're two, they're like, all right, I'll eat my <laughs> dinner and then they're, they're, cookies. They're, they're <laughs> forming full sentences and screaming at you. And that's more. <laughs> and it's like you know better, and that's why I'm more angry. Yeah. <laughs> and they're absorbing things just at a must, much faster pace mm. in our generation. It's the scariest part it's, of it all. Yeah. The absorption of information so quickly. The memory... Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of that, we're smoking weed right now, and I actually was talking to my 12-year-old niece, and she she actually just had surgery on scoliosis, so she's just sitting at home for the past six weeks, but she actually told me that in school, and these are 12-year-olds, they're bringing vape pens to mm. school, and it shocks me, and I feel like it's very important to talk about these things. Where are they getting them from? Why aren't parents checking in on them? Like, I'm 30 years old, and I'm not... First, I was annoyed, obviously, before I became a mom, but I'm very happy that my parents actually FaceTime me and look behind my walls to see where I am every day. Growing up, you know, I was like, why do you guys care so much? But I'm glad that they do. But I feel like they people should have control like that about their around their kids right now, too. I know it sounds like too much, but if they're already smoking... Like I just think that... There's just, it's hard to keep it under control at this point because yeah. of social media. But where are they getting vape pens from? So where do we get alcohol? Vape pens for, but at 12 years old in school. Oh, 12, and 12, and 12. And they're, 12? they're hitting it in school. Like they're hitting the vape pens in elementary Brothers, school and sisters. going into. 12 is really young. They're selling it. Uncles. Like, and she's like, I've never, you know, I've never China. done it, but. Oh. I mean, not China. China? Oh, I don't know. Yes. I think everything's made in China. You're, <laughs> actually, you're actually right. You know, they, they sell them on Amazon. See? And Wait. kids are picking it up thinking that it's something good for them. It's really not. So. Really? So we Kids are, if you're listening, Wait, yes. Are you talking about vape pens as in like THC? They, they fake sell. I pretty. Oh, maybe it's like Amazon or like. <coughs> I'm pretty sure someone said that they bought something that well, said it was tea with THC, but obviously it probably got removed later in life. You can literally buy anything. Because remember that? You can, uh, you can leap that ones. out if it wasn't real. 
No, but you can literally no, buy honestly, anything on Amazon. That or Alibaba. Or maybe it was on, e- you know, on eBay or something like that. But I think one of a cousin of mine, and I had to educate him too. He's fifteen. You he said he actually bought it online, and you he was like, "Don't do that. You can't." Okay. Speaking of this topic, <laughs> you can't. What was your introductory to marijuana as a teenager for you, or a teenager or a child? And then also, how do you intend, or if you already have introduced your daughter to it, do you smoke run, or what's your parenting, like, how do you, what do we call our episode? Moms Who Medicate. We're Moms Who Medicate, so. Yeah. I, I always want to know how, what was your introductory, and how do you, how do you plan on introducing it to your daughter? Well, she's two, so she doesn't really know what it is right now, but she definitely sees mom go outside and come back inside. She doesn't know what she's doing. She just knows that she's coughing on the other side of the door, and she sometimes mocks me when I get back. But of course, when she gets older, I'll educate her that it's my medicine, and she's already knows the scent of it. That's mm-hmm. what I've smelled like for the past year, you know? So mm-hmm. it's I don't think it's going to be anything new to her, and thankfully in our generation, it is something that's talked about more, and there's more education coming back. There's coming out not back, coming back and more research coming out and so I think it's going to be better for for, sure. for us and I started um, yeah, I think you asked me wh- when did I start it it wasn't my teenage years it was actually age of like 21 22 it was later in my adult life and it was actually after trying pharmaceutical drugs first oh okay um, and I, I did at least four years of counseling I again something I like to always share because it's not all about smoking weed definitely get like mental health and talk about it and sh- share what's actually happening in your life so you don't think you're going crazy but mm-hmm. it's nice to know that my psychiatrist was okay with microdosing on weed and letting me walk away after four years knowing that I was going to be okay and right yeah it's been like a journey can, but... you, can you share like what you're like what 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 specifically in your life you know put you onto this journey of trying to I guess medicate or trying to deal with the PTSD that, that you've experienced in your life so when, um, when I was younger, I, the four years of counseling that I originally just mentioned to you, um, I did that because I was actually sexually abused when I was younger. And I, for the longest time, I never obviously wanted to share it with anyone, but I finally shared it with my parents at the age of 25. Um, and I worked through it with a psychiatrist, but it was like, it was just weird. After my second appointment, it was a... It was a talk and a prescription handed to me. Mm. It was lithium. Mm-hmm. It was Adderall. It was sertraline. It was Lamictal. All of these different things that they think that was going to magically cure me, but it was really just experiences that I needed to talk about and understand like what happened to me right. that was most important. At least that's what I thought it was. And after taking it for a few years, I just didn't feel like myself. Like I definitely had thoughts of suicide and. I attempted almost once even and I I knew that it wasn't right for me and slowly I oh while you're on those medicines yeah okay. while I was on them and this was at the age of like 21 22 mind you I'm, I'm really happy that I went into a psychiatrist to begin with because I was I was in college at the time and I was like working a full-time job as soon as I got out of college I went right into Bank of America trying to follow my mom's footsteps and working a very full-time adult job and and I, I thought I was losing my mind but it was really all the things I didn't deal with when I was younger right. and I, I was questioning like why did this happen to me these things are not normal it's affecting my sex life even like and you know as an adult I'm like why is this happening right. you know so I went in for help and I'm glad I went but the experience with medications did not work for me so I slowly went off um, and drift like 
drifted off of it and tried cannabis because one of my cousins said it was working for her. And if it worked for her, I thought maybe it will work for me. And I feel like it changed my life. Like, all of a sudden, I was doing better in school. I went through cosmetology school, got my license with flying colors. Yeah. I mean, I started a business, like, just from scratch, and it's doing great. Yeah, and right. I mean, I feel like it's what you want to make of it, and it's not always a bad thing if you don't abuse it or mm-hmm. if, if you can actually get shit done. It can be for you. I mean, if you smoke weed and you pass out, it's not for you, you know? <laughs> or if you're not doing things or you, you know, and, and a lot of people turn off from weed because... They smoke one strain and it doesn't help them, or it's not for their body. Like, how long did it take you to find the strain? A a, a while, like I mean, a few months. And I I describe it to women as looking for the right birth control. How many times have you tried several different birth Birth controls? controls. Mm -hmm. So, what makes you think just one strain of cannabis is going to work for you? And I'm not saying with mental health these pills don't work for people. For me, it didn't. For some people, they also have to go through a bunch of different pills. I think for the most part, So why do you not do that with cannabis, too? So, I mean, over time, I've learned, like, sativa is for days that I'm just, like, really, really low, and I need, you know, an energetic lift for days that I need to still create and show up to work and be happy. But Mm -hmm. if I have, like, anxiety or I'm stressed out, I don't do that. I'll choose, like, a hybrid or an indica to just calm my energy, or um, I do very low dosages of edibles now I started off with like 2.5 milligrams and like 5 milligrams and the highest I can personally go is 10 milligrams Mm -hmm. Um, and I did that just personally on my own and trying it but some people just have a 10 milligram and they're like throwing up and seeing shit and and it's not and it's processes differently through your liver yeah I was telling her I shouldn't do edibles when I eat edibles doesn't matter what dose yeah it's not I go blind it feels like that was your direct quote anyone's first time they shouldn't try edibles it feels like my eyes are shaking it was like what was your first experience of cannabis both of yours cannabis my first experience with cannabis or smoking smoking, I was uh, 13 um, and I'm pretty sure it was like, I don't even know if it was really weed, honestly. Looking back on it, it's quite questionable. But I know I didn't get high, <laughs> yeah, and I bought it, it and then I got, I was in my, in my friend's backyard, or no, I was by an abandoned pool of a house. Now that I'm thinking about it, that's very strange. Um, then we went back and smoked in her guest house. Oh, Shout out know. to Dylan Octagon. Um, then I, I left the weed in my pocket. My mom found it the next day. So the first time I smoked, I also got <laughs> caught. <clears throat> yelled at, cried. She cried. I got yelled at. Um, <laughs> She's like, my daughter. <laughs> <You're 13. laughs> Maybe I was even younger, actually. I probably was like 12, actually, around 12. Um, but I knew that she was smoking. I knew, like, I would, or I would see, like, things. I thought I had a suspicion. Wait, your mom smokes? Yes. I love, I need to meet your mom. <laughs> I love this. Yes. Um, I mean, she, she's not like a heavy smoker by any yeah. means. Like she, she's like she takes one hit and she's like, woo, you it's know. Good though that she's open to it. Yeah, but she wasn't open to her daughter doing it. You know, and I get it because I have a kid now too, and I'm like, but I, I, I have a different perspective now just because I think, because it, it just doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem fair that I can smoke and then I have an issue when you smoke. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about why you feel like you want to smoke. Is it because you think? Because I smoke, that's why you want to smoke? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my story. What's your story, girl? I honestly can't really remember. <laughs> Probably because I smoke too much. 
I don't really remember. I remember being like 12. I remember doing it 13. I did a lot of such shit as a preteen and a teenager, so um, I was always sneaking Experience around. of life. Yeah, experience. <laughs> like, I was drinking at like 11. I think 12, we went to like, we tried to sneak across the street from this YMCA dance and smoke weed, but I don't even know if I really got high. I wasn't really like a pot smoker. Even, like, in high school, I really. I was a super happy I, I, I can remember, school. like, a couple of times I got really high in high school, but I started really, like, smoking, smoking in college. When I moved to Atlanta, which is the most dumbest shit ever, because I was smoking fucking stress. <laughs> it's, like, called Reggie in Atlanta. Oh, like, my. Right. I was literally about to say when she said she wasn't sure what it was. Have you heard, have you heard or seen the video, Reggie? No. The video? You know what no. I'm talking about. No. Okay, it's called Reggie. No. Oh, you can YouTube it. Okay, what are you talking about? <laughs> Like a type of actual weed. weed. Oh, type oh my weed. gosh! Actually, there, there's a type of weed that's called Reggie. It's supposed to be horrific. It's called it's it's short it's for like regular. Oh, okay, <laughs> Which yes. Is for us in yes. California, it's known yes, as stress. Yes, that's exactly what stress. it is. Stress. Okay. Stress. Remember that? There's yeah. a funny YouTube video that's clowning on weed that's supposed to call, be called Reggie, and it's supposed to be the worst weed on the market. Because it's like, like, well, it's, it's like, it's like a down okay, south yes, shit. Because they don't have access, so it's like Reggie. Because I went to college to smoke fuck ass weed. For like a year, and then I started getting smoking better weed, and then later, and I was just like dead forever, and then I started to realize like, oh, I need to pay attention to what I'm smoking, or else I can be totally paranoid, totally useless, or I could be functioning. <laughs> now as a mom, now as a, like as I move back, and there's like education. I've worked at a dispensary for a little while, like you know, on the side and shit. I'm like, oh, you know, this is what I need to be smoking. This is what I need uppers. Yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. But, my, you know what? My parents always smoke weed. They weren't open with me about it until high school. My grandmother smokes weed, but I didn't know that until I became an adult. But I come from a long weed-smoking background, and now I can smoke with, like, my dad and my grandma <laughs> together, and it's great. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, and it's like, I, love it's, I, I almost got along with my grandmother. <laughs> I've been much better. Wait, have, How like, old is your was, grandma? I think it was during Christmas or Thanksgiving. <laughs> Jamila was on her Insta story, like, smoking a blunt with her grandma in the background. Oh, they were, like, dancing. Yeah. My grandma was so cool, yo. Oh, my. I'm, I'm so trying to get like, my grandma to smoke weed. So she's been smoking cigarettes since she was 15 years old. Oh. And I, I've taken her to her, like, doctor's appointments and things like that. Her lungs, it's, like, untouched. Really? What? It's she's in such and good I'll, health. The doctors like come back every six months, and for some people, yes, it works this way. But most people, tobacco kills, right? Yeah, obviously. Like, I so I sometimes sit outside, and she's eighty, and now she's okay with me sparking up my joint, and she's smoking her oh my God. cigarettes, Aww. and it's and it just took That's like a, a eight nine moment. months, you know. And of course, I cried about it afterward the first time it happens. But it's it just wonderful. Feel, oh my God, I never it's thought it was going moment. to happen. Honestly, Special. being like an Indian woman too, honestly, I never thought. The first time I did it though, she was like, hi, oh, did Like, oh my God, in Hindi, like, what are you doing? And like, how do you, she, like, how did you introduce like your, like, this to my parents? Yeah. Um, so when we moved back to California, like I was mentioning, after starting my Shanti Bar, I took off because I had a baby. And I moved back and I was hiding it for the first month. And I feel like if you have anxiety and if you have PTSD and you're using this, you're not going to help yourself if you're hiding it. You're actually creating more anxiety. And it's so bad because as soon as I would walk out of my house after I would smoke weed, I would be paranoid about my smell, paranoid to talk to my mom. And I just got so, like, in my head about it. And I'm like, why are you even overthinking what you're doing? You've been smoking for how many years? Mm -hmm. And then I also didn't want her to think that it was my younger brother doing it, Mm. you know, being blamed for something. So a month later... How old were you? Oh, girl, this was a year ago. Oh, I've only been... Oh, shit. (laughs) 
a public cannabis advocate since November 2000 of last year. Oh, okay. It's begun year This is kind of new. And as soon as I got, became open to my parents and my mom and dad accepted, I, there's no fear behind it anymore. Oh, awesome. And it was the best feeling in the world. And so, after a month, I walked down at 7 o'clock in the morning and I looked at my mom and I, I said, I was, you know, you know I have PTSD through what I've been through and I'm going to be super honest with you and I use cannabis for medication and I'm going to bring it out of my trunk and show you what I do. And it's 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I just woke up and I'm like, I need Today's my, I, you know, I have my coffee and I have two hits of weed and that's how I start my day and it's okay and it works for me. And so I brought in the weed and I grinded it in front of her and it was this tiny nug and obviously it's a plant. So I'm hoping that it's not something that she's going to freak out about and she didn't freak out. Mm-hmm. I walked outside and there's like a glass in between us now because I shut the screen door behind us. And I smoked twice in front of her and blew it out. And it was this tiny pipe that I used. And I came back inside. And the first thing she said in Hindi was, Tumi kon si kais? And that means, who taught you? <laughs> who taught you this? Who taught you this? Who taught you this? Such a mom. Like, who influenced you to do this? And I just, I started laughing, obviously. Thank Literally, God that's what every mother says. I say that to Irie all the time. Where'd you learn that? Yes. Who taught you that? Who taught you this that? And Not my like, child. No one did. It was like, remember when I was doing counseling and, I, you know, I told them, you know, I opened up about what happened to me when I was younger. I've been doing this, too, to just help me live better and it makes me feel like myself again and just helps me and after that it's like a week later I told my dad and that was hard because I cried through the whole thing for some reason I don't know why but like being the only daughter in the like family I thought I was going to disappoint him but I came to a point in my life being a mom that I wasn't going to hide myself anymore not for anyone not for Amrita not for my parents and I can't live like that anymore, especially, like I said, after the incidences that I've gone through, it's too much for me to do anything more. And I was very honest with him. I said, you know, Dad, if you don't want this under your roof, that's okay. You know, me and Amrita can live somewhere else. I'm not going to take Amrita away from you. But um, I don't want to, like, disrespect you. But if you're okay with it, you know, this is why I do it and you know why. And I just was, like, bawling through the whole thing. And he said, if it helps you and if it's your medicine, it's okay. And, and that's what he said, and I think he understands, mm-hmm. like, where I'm coming from. And, like I said, as long as I'm getting my shit done, I think Who's they're gonna... okay with it. And it took a year afterwards, you know? Mm-hmm. They had to see me all year long after that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they would, like, come in and smell me, and they're like, Natasha, why are you, you know, are you sure you want to keep doing this? You're a mom now. And, mm-hmm. and it, you know, after a year later, they're they're proud, and they're, they're get what I'm doing. But... I think it was six months in, my mom's bank manager, one of them, walked up to her and she follows me on Instagram and she saw what I was doing and read a few of my articles and she was like, you should be so proud of your daughter. And she, you know, she was like, she's doing so much. And my mom, I guess, didn't realize what I was doing. Like she was just like, you're having. why are you smoking weed? Natasha, no more smoking photos. I, I, I'm okay with you smoking cannabis. It's not that. But why do you have to post it on the internet? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't just posting it on the internet. Yeah. I'm trying to tell her that I'm trying to break the stigma behind our culture. I'm trying to tell you that I could still be a regular person. person and I'm still, still a mom. I could still work. Yeah, I'm not perfect. Yeah, I still have severe symptoms through PTSD, but I'm I'm trying to use plants with the pills, period. Right. And after hearing her bank manager story and what she said, I was literally bawling, like, because it like she finally started to believe 
mm-hmm. slowly what I was doing. And now, like a year later, she's like picking out my Saudis for me. Mm-hmm. She's taking out my outfits for me and she's supporting me. And mm-hmm. so is my dad too. That's but so beautiful. more so mom. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like Ignore the parents' approval <laughs> as much as we don't want it to be important. It's the fucking best impo- gift it's, ever. It is. It's a gift. Yeah. And if you can give that to your kids, it's like one of the biggest gifts you can give them because it's something they'll they're they're they they might not ask you for. You know what I mean? Or be scared no to ask what you it for. Is. Or, like even if they killed someone, you know what I mean? Honestly, like if they have to know. come to you first or whatever <laughs> it might be, that you just be okay with them coming to you. Create that space that they're okay with having this conversation right. with you. Right. Just right. that transparency and that honesty is important. And for them to see you do it, and so they could also do the same. Mm-hmm. So do they ever, like, were, were they ever, were they concerned? You said you had a little brother. Were they concerned that you were going to pass on this? Reggie. And does he smoke? Yes. Okay. His name's Reggie, and yes, he totally His does. His name is Reggie? Reggie. Mm-hmm. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, conversation about Reggie. What? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, wait, no. He was actually one of the, the articles that I've talked about before because he um, he's one of the most traumatic incidents that I have and had, and he, w- he did attempt to take his life. And he definitely has been smoking in the evening. He said he's, it calms him down and stuff. But he didn't want to do it in front of our parents because of respect. Mm-hmm. And he was so happy after I did it because everyone could smoke weed at our house now. Oh. It just doesn't matter. That's and so like. Great. A year later, honestly, none of my aunties care at this point. And, of course, at the beginning, they're wondering, Natasha, why do you smell like this? Mm-hmm. Are yeah. you high? Right, right. What's happening? But I had literally had to sit down and tell them, people have fallen dead in front of me. I can't explain to you why or how, but I'm, I have severe PTSD and I can't control it. And I do this instead of taking pills. And now that there's more research, thank God, and there's so many men from the military after coming back from war mm-hmm. that are using it. And again, more and more research and doctors even vouching for it, they're okay with it. But they wouldn't be okay with it if they didn't hear it from like a medical professional, honestly, I feel like. I mean, I think, I mean, just I remember looking at your Instagram multiple times and seeing like that you had experienced one death after another and they were all like suicides. And that is just like, at some point for me, I'm like, I don't even know what to say. I'm gonna just like this joint over again. <laughs> but like, also, I'm like, how does that, why? What does it mean? You asked me this on Instagram once, and you said, like, I hope you come to terms with it. I hope it makes sense to you once. And truthfully, I love that you both are like spiritual women. I probably, I feel like I committed suicide in my last life. Mm. That's what it came down to. Okay. Because I don't understand how so many people, people. can. Wow. Just literally fall dead around me mm-hmm. or in front of me, or, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, how many of my neighbors have to like kill themselves? How, how, how many neighbors has it really been? Three, three neighbors, three in the next same to bil- me, the same building. No, different. I'm so happy that you are like that. We're not. I'm not crazy when I'm like there has. I think that's that's probably true. That makes sense. Like that. Maybe I don't that was think like, anything else makes more sense, sense in right. my life. I do, after like. After it happened over and over again, like the last one was nuts. Like I'll, I'll do a short, I'll do a short piece of all of them. What what has happened in, in a row? There was an immediate family member that I, I'm not going to share their story yet because they haven't been cut, they haven't given me permission to. But um, another immediate family member besides my brother attempted their life when I was younger, like and uh, it was like eight or nine, and that traumatized me quite a bit. Then it was my brother, an uncle of mine did pass away, um, and after that. 
it became like really just weird and I wanted to get my brother out of Seattle and so I moved him out to Long Beach just to like help him and just start over and one day I was going to work and I literally saw something fall from a bridge in front of me and I I always joked around with my friends living in California after a year and I was like oh it's another luggage bag someone broke up with their boyfriend you know and it was not as when I drove closer it was a woman laying there and it, it sucked seeing her in that position. She was actually alive saying, kill me, when I got her. And there was blood and bones everywhere. Oh, you went to her? Oh, yeah. I got I parked my car immediately. Like I said before, I, I mentioned it, actually, working at 24-Hour Fitness. I knew I knew CPR. I knew I could help this woman. So I ran up to her and tried to help her. And I stayed with her until the paramedics arrived. And I can't even recall all the things that had happened because it was so fucked and, like, excuse my language. It was just so traumatic. Right. Like, I, all I remember is a police officer asking me for my ID and I brought him my fucking passport. Mm. And he was like, I just want you to get off the freeway. I'm going to stop these cars. I just want you to get off the freeway. Because I was like so shaken up. And after that happened, of course, I moved out of Long Beach and I went to downtown LA. And we lived there for two years. And our first Father's Day, after having Amrita, um, I went to the grocery store to get sweet potatoes, came back. And as soon as my elevator door opened to the floor, my neighbor... Um, door blasted over open and she lives like two doors down and she's screaming help me help me of course I dropped my groceries and I ran in and she was screaming like oh my god oh my god and of course I look over and I just see legs laying on the floor and I look over to her and she says I I think my my roommate committed suicide and I like literally I couldn't explain to you how mad I was that day I literally took a second for myself and I, I like looked up at the sky and I was like, fuck you. Again, literally. Okay, right. this no is another, way. this is an assignment, really. Right. And I know people are going to think this is crazy, but I don't think it's like a coincidence in any way. No. So of course, Hell no. I took the phone from her and I was like, it's okay, just try to breathe through it. And uh, the, you know, the guy on the phone is like, is he alive? Is he dead? He was totally gone. And, you know, he was like, can you try to give him CPR? And we you know, I ran and got Amrita's father at the time. I mean, not at the time, Amrita's father. <laughs> he's still, she's, he's still Amrita's dad. Um, and he came and tried to give me CPR, like tried to help me give him CPR. I'm getting like weird to just talking about it, but that was another incident. And so moving out of there, by the way, um, California law does not allow you to move out because of mental health. If your Whoa. neighbor, yeah, and I so, want to mention that because oh. it was so hard like to move what? out of there. And I told them over and over again, like I cannot walk past this door anymore. Please. Like they didn't want to break your lease. They will yeah. not let you break your lease. Like that wasn't yeah, it wasn't the right proper way I said it, but yes, they will. They won't allow it. It's it's against the law to do that. What? And the and we got out of there the way that we got of out of there, thankfully. But I just want to say that like California needs to think about this, and all of them. All across the board, they need to think about mental health because it is serious. Yeah, you can't make someone do that every day. No, and if you to experience that, so I moved out of there, and currently um, I'm living with my parents in Seattle. And uh, last Mother's Day, two days before Mother's Day, our neighbor of 17 years took her life. Two and days before Mother's Day, and on Father's Day. Wow, that's mm. crazy. Tell me about it. <sighs> I'm still living there right now, and she's not there, and like, some mom of two daughters, and it doesn't. Mm. I don't know. You see them all every day, and you like look at them straight in the face, and you don't know what happened. Like right. what what happened, and then you hear it over and over again now in our generation because 
people are just not satisfied with life or right. they're like their mental health is so disabled because things are not as fast as they could order it as on fucking Amazon. You right, know, they right. think we everything in life is supposed to be. to be that way, but it's not. It's it's really it's hard work. It's a journey, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for turning on the heater. <laughs> I got really cold. So I'm getting cold too. <laughs> I know you are. I'm like, I Should we pop? Oh. Um, damn. That's, that's... Yeah. And it just, it just keeps on going on and on. Like, in between that, honestly, I've seen... A few other deaths just laying in the road covered with a blanket. Really? Yes, just under bridges. And it didn't make sense to me why I kept crossing it. But like you said in the beginning, why do you think it happened? I honestly think I committed suicide in my past life, and I'm just here to help. And and this is your your role. This is your doing. All I'm supposed to do do. is just trying to help people live longer and just let them know it's going to be okay. And that's, and that's amazing that you're like... That you're aligning with your calling and that you're recognizing that. And I don't know what else to do. Right. right. The fuck? I right. don't even know what else to do besides, like, smoke weed and then, try to help. And, again, it's not weed that's going to solve all your problems. Go get counseling. Right. It's right. not all about smoking cannabis. But are you... I don't know what else to do. Right, right, right. Are you still currently in therapy? Um, I actually had, like, a good talk with one of my clients and psychiatrists, like, just a few days ago, actually, and um, I'm going to go back to therapy, but she's she gave me, like, really great feedback, and it's been, it's been nice to hear it from someone that's a professional. She works with a lot of trauma cases, and she told me I definitely have severe PTSD, obviously. She doesn't even know how I'm walking around. Um, she doesn't know how I'm functional sometimes because of it happening over and over again, and she said you're definitely at, like, a consistent state of hypervigilance is it called and you're just uh, that means like you're at that shock stage of when it happened all the time and it's true because I mean I can't even take a nap without like my night guard I mean I feel like I'm clutching my teeth throughout the day I've broken like all of the teeth in my the back left side of my teeth because just you know at night just grinding my teeth and my body still is holding onto that so yes cannabis is helping me but did it like take away everything for the rest of my life? No. Is it helping me through my day to day? Yes. And helping me a good mom? Yes. Helping me work? Yes. But do you think that you'll ever be totally like free of? No, because I can't even like have a normal dream at night. I I mean, without smoking cannabis, like once I have no nightmares at night, then I'm probably gonna have hope again. But until that happens, I don't I don't know. I hope I do. I don't feel like it's like the end of the world either if I do have a nightmare because I know when I wake up it's a nightmare. Right. But of course, who wants to like of course. live the rest of their life like <laughs> this? Yeah, so slowly, uh, you know, as I'm sharing all of this, I'm hoping Working I can learn and like share my process I as think, I go. I think talking about it too is, I mean, for me, even just having a podcast is, is therapeutic for me. Just talking about it. Yes. Talking to other people that can relate to you too so, you know, you feel like, you know, oh, wow, I'm not crazy. Because <laughs> when you're in just talking about it on Instagram, it's so cathartic. It's so amazing. Just talking about it. Just okay? writing about it. <laughs> you okay? Oh. She looked like she wanted to say something yeah. and I was like, <laughs> was it just a coffee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did you guys just smoke too much, boo? No. No, no, no. <laughs> I can light this one up again, though. <laughs> can you ever be too high? 
When you when you're babyless and you're not. I mean, I don't. Yeah, after a while, you've been smoking for a while too. Do you feel like you get high? Like do you if, like oh, it affects like, you? Yeah, I, I think it does. It affects me because again, I don't I don't chief all day. Like yeah. sometimes I can puff and then I wake up. Sometimes I don't have to. You know, sometimes midday it's time. Sometimes I just wait to the end of the day. Sometimes yeah. the whole day will go by and I haven't smoked, or two days will go by. I don't need it. Awesome. But sometimes yeah. I do need it. Yeah. You know. So just, you know when you do. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes I overdo it. <laughs> really? Your dose I mean, is your dose. No, so but I'm, I mean, obviously, right I wrong. do not smoke nearly as much as I used to before I had a kid. And I actually, I think it's only been more recently that I've smoked more because sometimes I go like a week without smoking, two weeks without smoking. Well, maybe not two weeks, oh. but a week. <laughs> maybe not two. Bitch, I see you every week and every week. Ah! week. I, 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 I love my cannabis makes me a better parent, honestly. You know, like I'm more engaged. I and patient. not more engaged. I get more patient, patient more detention. Not that yeah. I can't be engaged without smoking. It's just <laughs> when I'm not and I smoke, suddenly I am. You know? More present. And more present and exactly. That's really what it is. Yeah. Being present. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I seem I feel like whenever I, you know, smoke and I'll go back inside, like I feel like I'm more of a child with her. Exactly. I, I drop all of my Literally, guards you're, more, you're childlike. Yes. You're down to play all the games. Yes. We can be like Amrita and Natasha with these dolls for the next four hours and it's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Until you fall asleep for your nap. It's whatever you want to do. I don't know about do. four hours, but. Like, or you know, <laughs> whatever. My daughter doesn't. Are you smoking? <laughs> oh, sativa is usually throughout the day, but yeah, my daughter doesn't nap much, so. Mine doesn't either. I stay awake with her. Because <laughs> oh um, before we started recording, we were we were researching and we were saying like how um, in Hindu culture, weed is actually a sacred plant. Mm-hmm. And that you're saying like, um, one, that they say like, and I always say this too, and I think also in Rastafarian religion, if it's even a religion, but um, it, it opens like your third eye and it, it connects you in a different way. And you and I feel that way when I, when I get high. Have you ever, this is for everybody too, have you ever like gotten high with someone you're dating and suddenly you don't like them anymore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, because no. you really see them for who they are. <laughs> I've done that. And like, you're like, ew. <laughs> yes. You're so dumb. Oh, so that's what you really look like. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And I know I'm not great. It's, it's like their your mask, you know, was off. Your goggles came on and you could see Your everything. goggles are completely gone. Like your feelings suddenly are too clear. You're like, fuck. <laughs> you suck. But yes. I think it's actually not a bad thing because you probably can't hide what you're really feeling with your words either. It's so hard to hide. It's Especially so when people hard. are looking into your eyes, you're like... You can't be fake when you smoke weed. I, I think most people can't. No. Like, you just can't. You can't. In fact, you say too much sometimes. Yeah. I know I, I've said it. You're too close up. Said too much. You can't feel too fake. They should have them smoke be- weed before they take a lie detector test. Like, I, they really should. They really should. <laughs> no faking it. No. One time, I was like, when I first started dating Young Bay, we were high. I think we were high with a just guilty. He asked me a question and I lied and I didn't even know him and I was like, it was just, I felt like my heart was like pumping in my chest and I was like, like 10 minutes later I was like, well, how <laughs> about that question you asked me? <laughs> Technically. <laughs> but I'm like, can he feel me sweating? Does he know, he can hear me talking. He knows I'm lying. He knows I'm lying. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, you don't ever get high again. <laughs> and lie. Well, that, that, you just, that was like, that's what you. I like about weed, though, honestly. Weed wasn't for you. It doesn't make like, you. Like, it makes you think, it, it makes you be your authentic self. It does. 
like one thing with weed and one thing I feel like that also helps me just be calm. If you go into a room, especially after you smoke weed, and you just imagine that everyone can actually hear your thoughts, you're going to stop thinking negative thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Period. You're just going to stop. And it calms you. And it really helps me do Mm. that. Mm. You just go in and you're going to be like, well, shit, she's going to know if she doesn't like me because it's the truth. (laughs) And if it's not the truth, then it's not the truth. But if you just think like, well, that person can already hear my thoughts, so it doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. It just makes you your authentic self. And at least that's what it does for me, just like... Tips and tricks with Natasha. I, I don't know <laughs> that if it does that for oh, everyone, yeah. but maybe it will help people be no, that's calmer. No, honestly, because I think sometimes people, they shy away from weed because they haven't figured out how to, you know, adjust to it and relax into it or decide or like research and find the one. Too much of it most of the time. Find the, find the right strain, know the right yeah. dosage. You know, it's just like any medicine that you take. You're not going to take like... 10 mls of nyquil like oh my not gosh. a good idea speaking of medicine and obviously this is wine that i have right here mm-hmm. for the first three years that i've had cannabis you can ask any of my friends they could not get me to drink i just could not handle drinking mm-hmm. and that together i just it was like drinking vicodin and wine together mm-hmm. and it, if you wouldn't do that don't do that with cannabis right and some girls at parties come up to me and they're like oh my god so what is this strain gonna do to me and the first thing i say is have you been drinking Shit, I don't know what it's going to do to you. You know what I mean? Because you've already changed the chemical balance in your in your brain, in your body. Like, who, who doesn't fucking matter what you're smoking at this point? Right. And so it, it, you have to really do it the right way and do micro-dosing. And I'll say that over and over again. One puff is enough for most people. Mm-hmm. Most people panic and get into their heads and overeat and throw up but because they have too much. Yeah. And not the right thing. I've never thrown up from weed. Could you imagine? Well, one time I did I some wax. And I can see. <laughs> oh, like yeah, dabbing wax especially. Is, I can't. That's, that's too much. Dash. Or like, if someone takes a bong hit and do coughs that? until they throw yeah. up. Have you had that yeah, happen? Yeah, yeah. I don't so like bongs. I don't like, do you do you like bongs. Do you like to dab? Um, Honestly, I will dab like twice a year. Something like, I don't, like out and about. When you want to just lay like, there? I actually... <laughs> Club clubbing or something clubbing? like that. Clubbing? Yes, I can have a sativa dad. No, it's probably not the right strain. Like I said, it's not not something. I, don't, I remember. It hurts I'll never my throat. It hurt. Like I'm really, I thought my and lungs were going to explode. Yeah, I and it's too I couldn't much. Catch my breath. Also, yeah, it was too much. It hurts. And going back to a lower tolerance. Awesome. Like smoking a dab and then, then trying to go back to flour, it's like, psh, no, why are you even smoking flour? It's not even, yeah. I couldn't, I can't, I won't. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> flour, I know my limit is good. Edibles, and no. <laughs> and, and dabbing, no. Yeah. And vape pens also. I mean, they're I like okay here and I like I like good old flour. Good old flour is the best thing. I like to roll it. Vape pens are okay here and there, but now you know they have lead in them, so really be careful with what you're. Oh really? What has really lead? a lot of vape pens? They're oh, being no no no. I know. I don't really smoke a lot of them. Good. Sometimes I do. They're being tested positive. For if we're going to Disneyland, <clears throat> yeah, take it. Then I take the vape pen. Yes. Yeah. Oh can't my smoke, god. Can't smoke the joint at Disneyland. No. Vape pen. Yes. Yes. Of course. Yes. I agree. I call it my. Yes, my panic pen, actually. Yes. <laughs> Can you hand it to me? Can you hand it to me while you interview? Oh my god, I'd love to. <laughs> Just the high henna service. <laughs> <laughs> the high henna service. Um, Jamila's like, I will Let's get a henna tattoo out of this. Yes. Today. <laughs> the Why last not? thing I do. I love henna. I've and also, I think henna. it's cool to show you that I can still draw while smoking weed. 
I might have been Indian in my last life because I do love henna. I've always loved henna since I'm small. And you child. love the bindi. And I love bindis. I really do. You were about to light an incense like a second ago, I feel like. I did. Light you it. did. Oh, finest. I love gold. Yes. Yeah. You love what? Gold? Gold. <laughs> gold. 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 Everything. Gold. Gold. Yeah, me too. I look better in gold. Me too. Just look better. So can you share as a mama your birth story? Oh, yeah. We always like to ask mamas their birth story. Ooh, my birth story. They're not always great. And sometimes Um, they're beautiful. It was definitely a very long one. A very, very long one. Um, And so when I went into labor, I actually didn't know it. And I, um, I was at Target, actually, the day that I was... Very excited to pack my goddamn bag to take, and of course I went into labor that day. Right, it How always many happens. Weeks were that you? I was thirty-seven weeks mm, me too. pregnant, and I'm at Target getting the last thing that I need. <laughs> some fucking excuse my language, but I swear a lot. But it's like right. breastfeeding pads <laughs> and like you don't need that shit. By the way, <laughs> cut off a pad and like just put it in your boob. Do not right, buy breastfeeding pads, okay? <laughs> like so, I bought it, and I'm sitting in Target, and I'm like. Shit, there's like stuff coming out of me. And like your third trimester, you all know it's like your white period, okay? Yeah. You don't know what the fuck is coming out of me. Your third <laughs> trimester. Right. I'm just wearing a panel liner and I'm like, it's just normal. But then it was a little bit more than usual, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. And honestly, it was leaking like that for a few days at that point. Mm-hmm. I did probably didn't know, but it was fluid that was coming out of me. My water broke a while ago. Oh. I didn't know it until I got to the hospital. But before that, I left Target and I went back to work and I did like three more clients. <laughs> didn't think anything was wrong actually until I saw blood because I didn't have contractions. Mm-hmm. And so I finally um, called Joseph, Amitha's dad, and I was like, all right, I'm bleeding. I should go in. <laughs> My doctor said I can't pack my bag, but I'm going to FaceTime you to do it, okay? Like, so he picks me up, and of course I'm doing my makeup the entire way there because I feel no pain right now. I'm chilling. All I know is I need to get to the hospital. And my mom said, you know, you need to eat before you go into the hospital because they're not not going to feed you. So I made him stop at Taco Bell before that. (laughs) Still nothing is happening, but as soon as we walked in, I was definitely in labor, but Amritha didn't come until two days later. Oh my um, and I was very, like, against the epidural. I was very against any sort of medication. And what was the other one um, that they they put into your body to... Um, oh, um, Pitocin? Pitocin? Pitocin, yes. Pitocin I was yeah. very against, especially after watching um, the... the the business documentary was Business of Being Born? Yes, Business of Being Born. I was like, nah. So after, like, 12, 13 hours, I finally said, yeah. give it to me because I wasn't having contractions. After that, I sat there, and um, I like to share this because they gave me an epidural almost 24 hours later, and my epidural actually came out of my back. Isn't that too late to give it to you? I was no, in labor I got, for got, two days. Me too, and I got mine the second day. See, oh my god, it was labor- a very long time. I went to labor two. I, I got epitocin. I mean, pitocin on Tuesday, and I didn't get an epidural and give birth till Thursday. Thanksgiving. Yeah. See, yeah, went on on Wednesday, and she came in on Friday. And by the time, like, you know, 12 hours went by, I actually can feel everything down there. And I started screaming to the nurse. I was like, can you get this catheter out of me? Like, get it out. It was just hurting. Ooh. And it was true. The ca- the thing, uh, oh, it the, came out. Yeah, IV actually came out of our back. And a lot of people don't know, um, 
an epidural is not a shot. It's an IV, obviously. Uh, yeah. yeah. People don't there. know that well, until they have a baby. I have an epidural. You <laughs> think it's a shot? Yeah. No, it's not. You press this button and things it's, they're go into it. Yeah. Oh, my God. And so they finally gave me the shot. But by the time I started pushing, I can definitely feel everything. I pushed for three hours. Definitely had a high fever by the time she came because I was in labor for so long. Mm. But uh, by the end, we ended up doing um, a vacuum on her head. Mm. Not an emergency C-section, but it would have been that if she didn't come out. And Amrita was born two days later. But it was a really long process, and everyone's birth story, like you said, is different. But I didn't have any contractions, and the beginning was fun. Did you start having contractions as soon as I gave you that fucking Pitocin? Not right away. It was very light. I have videos of me dancing, like really? Wait, with the, my nurse as and soon as myself. I had that I it was, was like, full shit. contraction, hurting, hurting I you. To die, yes, because I never. My no. I was late, and so they induced me, and um, then I ended up getting a C-section. But and that epidural. Oh my god! I'll never forget. The doctor had his like assistant doing it, and they kept missing like my spine, and so uh. they just kept poking me, and I was. Oh my god! I was you trying to be so still. And then I was going yes. having intense contractions. It was the worst. And they want you to be in a in this position while you have this huge belly. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uncomfortable. And then like if like, you move, you can be paralyzed, and you're having contractions. Don't even. Yes, it's 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 quite serious in there. What is the vacuum like? I've only ever seen like YouTube videos. Okay, so the vacuum really does sound like a vacuum. <laughs> but it's I mean, a, I've seen it, it's but like, like the size of a quarter. Does it feel like a pulling out? Like, do fit it feel like they're pulling Amrintha out? Did you feel it? I just felt pain. <laughs> it was like, it all just Because hurt. the epidural really didn't kick in. You know, I just felt like burning the entire time. And yeah, she did. I just felt like a pop, like a... Like a cork, you know, it just come out in a relief afterwards, mm. and uh, and it was just it was very small. It was like the size of a quarter. What was um, the vacuum? The oh. Top of it, it's a flat, oh. and it's a wire that comes out of it, and they just it sits on their crown, and it helps them. And it it left a very small, you know, round mark on Amrita's head, which lasted like just a few days. But Amrita popped right out. I wish they did it sooner. Um, I did have a third degree tear, which was a with a lot of stitches? Oh, girl, Ooh. yes. And a lot of women don't do... I don't know if this is going to help you, anyone listening, but buy squirt bottles and have it in every single bathroom and take it with you to the hospital and have warm water. When you pee, the ammonia hitting all of those open wounds just mm. make it burn. So if you just have warm water squir- squirting in that area, every pee is painless, at least from my experience it was. Mm. It helped a lot. I mean, because nobody talks about no one wants to talk after. And having a heating pad, like, um, that helped pads? when you're breastfeeding because you're contracting. That's contractions that you're having going back. Your uterus going back that's to its actual right. size. And right. no one wants to talk about that. So I always like say, like, cramps. take a squirt bottle, take a heating pad. Like, just take anything that's going to make you feel comfortable because no one wants to talk about the after, you know, care of it. And fourth trimester is actually worse. Or the peeing on yourself. Oh, uh, for uh, the rest of your life after yeah. birth, you mean? I, I still do. Like, like, if I don't pee, myself when I call, <laughs> it will dribble out. Like, if I don't pee immediately, there's, like, a slow drizzle. <laughs> one time I wore, like, a full piece, like, gray one piece the other day, and I, like, didn't go right when I needed to go, and I'm like, I look, there's, like, a little drizzle. And <laughs> you're gray. My gray like gray one, yes. Oh, I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so you pissed on yourself. <laughs> fuck you. It was a drizzle. Gary like, panty liners, moms after you give birth. Period. <laughs> okay, well, I also wanted to ask you, because I know um, Armit- Armita? Amrita. Amrita's yes. dad isn't 
like from the same background as you. Yeah. And I know that's a big thing in your culture, in Hindu culture. And like, what was your experience with that or on his side? And how did you get past that? And what is it like now? Um, so I don't think actually it's just in the Hindu culture. I think it's just Indian, East Indian culture, mm. like, or really, really oh. any culture all across the board. They just think black people are bad people for some reason. And that's just, I'm just being straightforward that's and honest. Mm-hmm. Because honest a lot of people say Hindu and it's not Hindu. I, I always like to correct them because it's freaking everyone and they think they're not intelligent or they're not educated and it's, it's not true. Right. And, I, and Joseph, honestly, like when we met, we were really good friends at first and I honestly thought he was gay the first year because he never made a move on me we were just really good friends Mm -hmm. and he was like you're Indian I just didn't think Mm -hmm. I could do anything anyways with you you know so after a year of dating like I just I kind of just brought him over as a friend and I knew that my parents growing up they did want an Indian man you know they it's not like they don't want the cultural wedding you know like whatever religion you know they would want saving are they continuing to save? They for still your want wedding? a wedding. They still want a wedding, and and I'm do they glad have like a that savings, they like totally. I'm sure for they this? do. Yeah, and I'm sure you don't even know about it because they act like it doesn't exist all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, Indian parents are like, not in a bad way, but they're very smart about their money. They're very like bargainers. You know, right? But it's but they have a secret account for that wedding. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> they do. They oh, I don't know where it comes from sometimes, but like I'm glad that they do. I'm grateful for that. You know, it's it's very important to them. They live for their children's wedding day. But you can and, still have that wedding, right? I mean, look at Priyanka Chopra. And I, I don't even think it's all about weddings anymore. Our generation's just so <clears throat> different. It's not about a wedding. It's not about a... People don't even want a relationship. Open relationship. Open relationship. You know what I mean? They don't want... They don't want that. And that's okay if they don't yeah. want to get married. And it's okay if they don't want to get married until they're 40. I think that, like, our culture, they just... That's what they know and that's what they think and that's all they know. Well, I think so. they know, like, they're, like, people... We're realizing we... we we live long lives. We have. We don't have to figure it out early. Like we don't have to figure it out when we're twenty. I no, mean, you know. And we live in a very different longer. generation. Like we're living long. People are just living longer in general. Yeah. So they're like having. They're thinking more about how they want to spend their life. And just challenging the like the social norms that we've been previously. You know, we've adopted that it doesn't always have to look just like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, being flexible what that looks like mm-hmm. and re, you know, reforming it for our own, redefining it. Yeah, totally. It, like, so after that, bringing Joseph in, I just brought him in as a friend, and my parents pretty much knew after he kept coming around a lot. But, but I'm glad my parents also. Said, but was it at that point when he when you did bring him around? He was just a friend. He he was just a friend, but we were actually like hanging out for a year. Right. Then. Okay. And I think my mom understood who he was, and right. they were very happy because. They always said, as long as you are happy, we are happy. Okay. And as long as he keeps you happy, that's okay. Whatever whatever you guys want. And my, my dad's very, like, hardcore with just supporting what he kids what his kids do. Mm. And he, he was like, if anyone says anything, I'll deal with them. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Aww. forget Aww. them. You know, as long as you're happy or my children, you know, we got your back. You know, and it's so good to, again, have that platform not, I mean, that openness with your family, because that's another reason why I can advocate, obviously, because my, my dad allowed this, you know? So, dating Joseph, uh, yeah, it was very weird, because you get asked the dumbest questions, like, oh my god, what is it like dating a black man? And I'm like... From your, like, family members? From just people. People in general. Oh. People in general. You know, and it's yeah, just, especially, especially, like, Indian women, too, and I, and I don't, I'm not upset that they asked me this, because... They want to know. 
They want to know, and they want to know how my parents adjusted to this. Maybe because they didn't want to tell me that they were dating someone or had a crush on someone, or maybe they wanted to know how they could You're open giving it up hope. to yeah, or how they can open it up to their family. Families. Whatever the hope. reason it was, they were asking me. But what I saw was, he's a uh, human. Like, what do you mean? What is it like dating a black person? Like, that's one thing I actually hate a lot with our culture is the second thing that they feel like they need to say is their race. I don't feel like any person needs to say the race of what they're dating is. I, why is that even necessary? Like, right. how, does he keep you happy? What does he, like, do even? What, mm-hmm. what do you guys do? How do you how guys do you meet? meet? Yeah. You know, and, you know, how long have you guys been seeing each other? What kind of things do you do before his race? Mm-hmm. All of these things are important, and I actually got offended over time when people started asking me over and over again, what That's is it like why? dating a black guy? Oh, my God. And, like, and I'm like, <laughs> all right. And, and, and when someone wants to ask even, like, Oh, my God, how is he in bed? Okay, first off... Does he have a big dick? Like, seriously, when people want to ask... <laughs> I know? don't answer that question. But I'm just saying, like, but when that's where it goes. it's to me that, that's like, they... I mean, it's I understand, yeah. like, when we're younger, I guess you say things like that. But as you get older, I think talking about your sex life is freaking immature. Like, I don't think anyone else needs to know. And again, it's everyone else's opinions. I'm not saying my way is the right way, but when you're in a relationship with someone, that sex life is just between you two. And I would not want to go to my friends and be like, yes, that was so amazing last night. Like, for what? <laughs> for what do I need to give you that for? You know what I mean? Well, I'm like, being yeah. <laughs> very immature. And you know what? I don't I'm think very... you're immature, but I've also had experiences <laughs> where I've had girlfriends that yeah. have gone <laughs> over, like gone after. <laughs> have you ever had a friend of yours gone after someone that you were dating? A friend, like, like, like a close probably friend of yours. She's saying like, were you talking too much about someone's sex? And oh, then a friend like was trying to creep back. I'm sure. Mm, if I could... Maybe, if, probably. Maybe I don't know about it. <laughs> I have so over experiences in life. That's another reason I, why I don't, I don't, I don't keep do sneaky that. bitches around me. And <laughs> I've learned not to over back after that experience. I've learned never to do it again. Ain't no sneaky bitches. <laughs> I don't. I'm just being tell. honest, you know. Like over experiences. Now I'm just like not. Nah. But no. it's it's a question that I'm like. It's you shouldn't even ask, but really what they're asking is, is this penis bigger than everyone else's that I've seen? Right. Why don't you just ask me that question is what the end of this story was supposed to be, you know what I mean? Because people are ridiculous about these things, and then obviously, like, is he, like, well, smart? Not, you oh, know what I mean? Like, what does he do? It's not always true. So. It is not true. Thank no. God. Yeah, I have two beautiful women here of this culture saying it. <laughs> All it's black not guys always not true. It's not always true. Thank you. All black guys don't have big dicks, period. Point blank. Nothing wrong if you guys want to talk about sex life. But for me, after a while, I guess it just got annoying with my group of people. And then it went on to like... I get it because you're already like, okay, why does it matter his race? Why does it matter? You know, it's like all these things. If one more person asks me about his dick, and if it's really once you go black, you don't go black. You know what it is, though? It's curious. It's curiosity. Totally. Try it then. Yeah, they don't know what else to say. Because my experience is not going to be your experience to begin with, with any category in life. Wait, is it the first black guy you've ever dated? Have you have you dated? First. Okay. Yeah. I feel like people would ask the same thing if I was dating an Indian man. Like, what's, what's, like dating, like what's it like dating an Indian guy? Oh, my God. Or, like, what's I, it like I, would probably, I would probably ask you that. Yeah. I feel like, I don't feel like it's, I don't feel like it's exclusive to black people. That's true. I think true. it's probably asked more. Like, what if you dated an Asian guy? Yeah, but exactly. They, I feel like in my culture, I guess, or with my experience, people think it's, like, okay things to say. But like, things not. like... Oh my gosh, he doesn't have—he doesn't sound hood. 
Mm. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, yeah not that all of them sound me. hood, and it's not that they sound hood. That's where they're from. from. That's their dialect. Accent. Yeah, that's their exactly yeah. what I say. That's their dialect. It's true. It's and it pisses me off. And obviously, being in that culture, you just realize like. But you know, it's also good that you can correct it. But you, you just can correct it. You could and say, that's what I do now, and especially being a mom of a mixed baby. Mm. Oh yes, it means so much more for me to correct these people and I correct it very quickly now mm-hmm. and and sometimes it you know it, I might sound like I'm coming off rude but I try to be very nice while saying it because I hear things like oh I'm right this hair's curly yeah bitch she's half black <laughs> and Indian women have curly hair too <laughs> You guys have the best. Why hair. are we commenting like I mean uh, over her, the time, texture of her hair? It's stupid. It's, it's just silly. stupid. And I over time I just stopped even hanging around women that even like want to say comments like, "Oh my god, how do you lose so much weight?" Like, Ugh, I hate you. You're skinny. And if you're a good friend of mine, and you want to say that, you're really saying that to me. And after you smoke weed, you're like. <sighs> Um, why are you so fat? How are you not a mom, don't have nothing else going on in your life, and can't make it to the gym? Why are you even commenting on someone's appearance or why someone's wearing this? Mind you, maybe I did that, and maybe I had these friends in the past, but now that I'm a mom... I just don't want to make that even pick up these tendencies. But that's true. And that's think the it's weed okay. again. The weed will make you be like, what the, the fuck? The awareness. Are these talking about? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> After you smoke weed and you go back around a friend and you evaluate no. them again, I'm no. like, like uh-uh. or if they want to say, like, like why weird. are you wearing that? I'm like, because I liked it. It's happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, maybe well, I, I asked like that before, yeah. but now I'm like, it's about growth. Exactly. And then peeling off and the And change layers. being okay. Yeah. And you being consistent with yeah. it afterwards. And realizing that it does matter the people you're around and that the energy that you're absorbing. Yeah. Because and even when you're not they, high, you're absorbing people say energy. about not just like... I, I guess not just people... Women in our that's culture so thinks pretty. it's okay to say that's so about beautiful. just anyone. It's not okay. They have like no filter in our culture, you know? Oh my god. Um, Natasha's here doing this henna on uh, Jamila yeah. and it is gorgeous. So People can actually still draw after smoking. Oh my god. And I brush <laughs> the fuck out of her. Where's your phone? I need to take a picture. It's so Let good. her finish. I know, but I just want to take a picture of her doing it too. Oh, okay. You need to take a video. A video um, of a video. I mean, this video is too far. Wait, um, <laughs> I know you might have to cut. You can cut off it. <laughs> I have a question. Do you think? What do you think your daughter will identify as? Do you think she'll be? I'm biracial. Like, I'm Indian. She's gonna be like Kamala I'm, Harris, huh? Kamala Harris. Kamala oh, Harris. Kamala Harris. Yeah, yeah, she's a mix. Of I just the wonder same. because, like, you know, as as a society, we love to put labels on things. You know, yeah. I feel like the world. First off, not just Kamala Harris. Like I, the world, I feel like is gonna be brown. It is. It already is. And it's so beautiful. And And I do feel like it's going to be easier. But I also do worry about our generation, too, to make sure my people are not going to tease her being a of Indian descent and of African-American descent. Like, are they going to say, like, you're not really Indian, you know? Right. To her, is she going to be teased? And of of what culture, what side is it going to be? And because bullying still does happen, it still exists. How are you going to deal with that? How are we going to deal with it? And how am I going to make this woman a strong woman? And all I'm trying to do is talk about everything that I said today. Like, surrounding myself by good women, standing by what I believe in and things that I want them to be around. And again, if we are around people that I still love very much and they say something they don't like, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means I don't stand for that. And we don't have to be around them all the time. But she'll know, like, 
the difference. The difference in this core group of people that are, is a reflection of me, and hopefully that rubs off on her, and that's the best that I can do because I can't control what she's going to see as soon as she walks out my door. Right. And and I also know you can't really tell your kids what to do. You have to show them. Like, I get asked all the time, like, how are you awake three hours a day? I mean, just sleeping three hours a day and work all the time. It's because I saw my mom and dad work all day long. It's because I saw my dad barely sleep and work. And it being normal, and that's all they do. And so I feel like that's my normal. And that's what I should be doing. But if I didn't see that, honestly, I wouldn't be the way that I am. I had to go to him, like work with him in the day job and when he was a janitor at night and mm-hmm. sit in the cafeteria until, until he was done and actually help him physically. And it, that was engraved into my body. Yeah. And that's what you should do with your children. Like, take them into work with you. I already started taking mm-hmm. Amrita into work with me. And she, she sees mama working all day long and she sees mama doing like aunties at home and threading yeah. their face and stuff. Yeah. Mama's working and I hope it rubs off on her and that's that's all I'm trying to do. I know, and that's, that's wonderful. Important. That's, that's so important. Like, yeah, mom works hard, and that's why sometimes I feel bad taking Luna with me too. But I also like, I like she knows what's going on, and I so I have to go to work. So do you want to do this? Or do you want to do that? Or do you want to come with me? I give her the option, but she knows. You know, that's. I never thought about it that way, but the fact that you saw your parents and you went to work with them, and you know what I mean, like it's so deeply instilled in you. Mm-hmm. Seeing her from another country too, mm-hmm. seeing that too, like making it over at, at just surviving and yeah it's just very inspiring it is inspiring but yeah i think, s- I think you, thank god see. more so we're, we're heading towards in a and towards a place and i think we are in a place where women are, are are working more i mean women are having babies later because they're putting their careers first because they're taking their time um and like you know, all those things are changing. And, like, so kids can see their kids can see their, their mom working. Yeah. You know what I mean? I definitely I don't. like that, too. You know, a lot of people ask me that. I don't know if this is, like, a question that you guys want to talk about, but I get asked all the time. They're like, you know, or is it an issue that you guys are not, like, together, you know, me and Joseph? And um, is it hard being a single parent? And I'm like, we're not single parent. We're co-parenting. You know, it's, it's really great. But I'm really glad that I did have a baby. No matter if this works out or not, I'm really glad that I did – and there's not a wrong, something wrong by having it later. But hearing women that are elder, that are um, struggling having a baby, and putting their eggs aside, and um, they're spending thousands and thousands of dollars, like emptying out their bank account to have another baby. Mm-hmm. Is that worth it later? And then your child doesn't even see you build your career right. better? Right. And then they're suffering mentally because everything's just kind of handed down to them, but not handed down to them. But yes, it really is. Versus, I'm actually glad that I had a baby now at a young age. I probably wouldn't think this until I had her. And it is very hard at this age. But I'm glad Amrita can see me working. I'm glad she can see this process. I can. It's it's something that she needs to learn that mom's going to be around and she's not going to be around. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things are very important to install into her right now. Because of separation anxiety and just surviving in this world alone. Like so... I don't know. There's. I don't feel like there's no right or wrong, but observing it from two different perspectives. I didn't even think about it that way. That's such an interesting perspective. And now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like you're right. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know what's right or wrong. I just after I have my mom's one of fifteen siblings and my dad's one wow. of eight. Wow. So I'm just listening to my family and just sharing. Mm-hmm. Just sharing. So, but no, I think it's important to see for your kids to see. To see their parents working, especially moms, you know, and especially girls. You know, I think it's really, it's crucial. It's definitely shaped me 
for sure. And I've seen how it's shaped other people, like the opposite. Like like friends whose parents like didn't work very hard or kind of always were figuring shit out. Like, you know what I mean? And like, it's just, it's just, it's just different. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter like what kind of job your parent had, as long as you saw them working hard. You know. Totally. It's worth ethic that you're yeah, installing into exactly. them. Very. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Should we do a question? Should we read a question and then wrap it oh, up? Yeah. So we get one. <laughs> we get we get people that submit questions to us. Um, and should we do the one the one that we just got in our email? Okay. So this is a question <clears throat> that came through for. Yeah. This is the, this is the question that came through from one of our um, listeners. Okay. Cool. Anonymous. <clears throat> I'm 30 turning 31 in May, but I still feel so childlike when it comes to managing my life. Crazy since I'm a mom of two. How do you ladies own your shit but also feel confident in your decisions? Do you ever feel that the scrutiny and opinions of those closest to you affect how you decide to move or make decisions in your life? I'm absolutely working on embracing... Wrong question. Embracing... (laughs) Trying to remember I'm definitely working on embracing the fuck what people think but it's um, mentality, but it's hard as fuck. Again, love you guys so much. We love you too. We love you. Um, oh yeah, now I remember this question because we were writing in the car mm-hmm. when we read this. And I said, have you gotten there yet? <laughs> <laughs> um, I also feel childlike. I also, we were just talking about before we started, like I can't believe I'm at someone's mom and I'm in control. Literally. Like in <laughs> control of someone's whole life being for the rest of my life. Or it's like, I feel inadequate daily. Um, I struggle with this because I'm a wild card a little. I'm very free-spirited, and I've had very... I mean, I don't know, like, most people are probably more conservative than me in general. But I've also always kind of been like, I don't give a fuck. This is who I am, because mostly I can't help it. And I just think... There come, I mean, there's always, oh yeah, Hannah time for. Oh, sorry. Okay. Oh my god. Now you want to sit in there? a little pile over here. Okay, we're switching seats, sorry. Yay! Um, I just feel like there's comes a point in your adulthood where you have to stop, you can't please everyone, so you have to please your fucking self. And you'll find you're like the, the most peace and the most happiness when you realize you cannot please everyone else and you just have to be confident and okay with whatever it is that you decide to do and know that people are going to judge you either way. Erica? Um, yes, I agree. Um, I think I, I, um, I struggle with this right now all the time, actually. In, in, in some ways. Some ways I'm really good at not giving a fuck. And then in other ways, I give a fuck. So I feel you. I understand. I think you kind of have to like have those talks with you, yourself and be like, what am I losing for if by not give, giving a fuck? You know what I mean? Nothing for the most part. Most people would say, you know, maybe maybe their family. Maybe like you. Maybe like for example, like you. Like you know, you come from a, like a background that's you know pretty conservative. I would yeah, say, yeah, right. Definitely. You know? And. I know a lot of times in, 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 in your culture, in many cultures, if you go against what is considered normal or appropriate, you can be disowned in, in some capacity. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's really hard. Like, I can't imagine, like, having to make that 
having to make that decision. But most of the time, that's not the case. So what do you have to lose? You know, what, what do you really have to lose? I don't know if there's an actual roadmap. answer. Like yeah. roadmap? There's like not a roadmap. step one, do yeah. this. No. You know? You just got to decide. Am I going to live for myself or am I going to live to for please other people? And once you decide, just like that day where you decided you're going to wake up and show your mom the wheat. Yeah. <laughs> you were going to like step out of your comfort zone. I just couldn't ha- handle any more in- like any more anxiety. It's a feeling. It's a it's energy. It's I couldn't do it anymore. And after being a mom, you you girls can probably relate to this. You just can't make room for There's more. no room. There's no and more room. Coming out and like being, you know, one of the first Indian women in the world actually to talk about cannabis and be an advocate for it. I heard and still do hear some crazy things like yeah, being you get like a bad mom. Oh yeah, there's DMs like you're saying that you're a bad mom and Amritha's going to be retarded when she grows up what? because um, of you smoking around her and she's smelling it all day and like you're a disgrace to our culture. I've heard um oh my gosh, you're not you're not a sing. Are you really a sing? Like are you Indian? What is a you sing? know, what does that mean? they it's just the last my last name am I really it's a very, it's like a Smith you know for Amer in the American world oh, okay. but it's a very um it's in, in the caste system I guess it's very high up okay, I guess I was gonna you say ask, yeah I was gonna a very say, proud name to I was have. gonna say is that the caste and system? so you know they're like you know you're a disgrace and things like that you know what, and I, it's I, terrible I was, <laughs> I was uh, ta- when I was researching um you know suicide and everything it was saying that like so many of the world's suicides come from India. There's a lot. They're yeah. one of the world's highest suicidal rate. And yeah, and I think it's probably a lack of like talking about mental health and shame and not being able to express that. And I mean, yeah, and the also, man and, and, I found out but, Father's but, Day was but, Indian. But actually, a lot of that, so. and, and the caste system playing into that too. Like totally. that, you know, like you going outside of your caste system, you know, could get you disowned, killed, or disowned. Maybe not killed. Right? Or... Yeah. Like arranged marriages. Arranged marriages. I mean, little girls are, you know, ending their lives. In India, yes. Ending their lives because they don't want to marry old men or whatever, you know, or the man, they're in love with someone else. I think it has to do with, like, arranged marriage. Yeah. Period. I feel like some arranged marriages work really well. Mm -hmm. Like, I've I've heard of them being, like, really working really well, and then, you know... Some of them don't. It's just like every relationship in life. It's very hit and miss, but... I mean, after even hearing all of this stuff, I had to do what made me happy at the end of it. And honestly, it's after having the acceptance of my parents. Were your parents easy. marriage? They were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they only knew each other for actually three days. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then they got married? Mm-hmm. And then my dad came um, from Fiji and, like, so they you're... started dating and they fell in love. So, wait, she was... In India, and he was in Fiji, or wait, the other way around. Did I say India? Fiji. Fiji. Yeah, yeah. Fiji Islands. No, no, you said Fiji. Okay, good, good, good. So, who, your, both your parents are from Fiji? Yeah, they're from Fiji okay. Islands. There's actually a huge, uh, huge East Indian population in Fiji. Right, right. From right. all of, because British took, you know, took us over with the agreement, agreement, and that's like. What was that uh, like growing up on in, on the island of Fiji? I mean, I mean for them, beautiful. I mean, th- they were working on the sugar plantation. Mm-hmm. That a lot of workers came from Fiji for that reason. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like how it all started. And um, I think I, I think this is correct. Like the Fiji Hindi language, that's what we speak, the dialect, but it's like a mix of 
all different kinds of languages. Mm. Um, it's like, you know, the Punjabi language, and then you have Urdu, and then you have Arabic, and then you have Tamil, and like Hindi, and the Fiji Indian languages of that, because we came from all different parts of India. Mm. And my last name is Singh because my dad is from, my dad's um, dad is, was born and raised in Punjab. Mm. And so it's very cool to like educate people that half of the island or almost half of it is actually Indian and mm. you can get Indian food and clothes and mm. there's Indian so food. many, mm. you know, there. So yes, that's where my, both of my parents were born and they knew of each other before and, you know, but they met face to face only but they're still happily married today and they're still flirt and stuff and sometimes I'm like ew but you know they went through their ups and downs too and we did see that and it wasn't like picture perfect but they're still married and together and happy right were they disappointed that you um, were pregnant before you were married great question no I don't think I've ever heard my mom so happy because um, me and Amrita's dad were together like for a very long time after that. Mm-hmm. I, mean, to, I mean, before that, like mm-hmm. five years almost. So she was very happy with it. And she's, again, it was all about me being happy and being okay. And they were okay. My parents are a very different breed. It sounds like it. Like they're very understanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they do come around and, you know, have fear of judgment and things like that. Or, you know, say like, don't smoke here or things like that. But, um they're very accepting or trying to be. And I think after just seeing the experiences that I've gone through with so many deaths, and I, I even explained to my mom, you know, the, the man that I found at, on Father's Day, he was he was an Indian man. He was the only child. Mm-hmm. And um, it broke my heart that he took his life on Father's Day. And I, you know, explained to them, like, that I'm just thankful for them being such open parents. And I think reminding them of that helps them do that because mm-hmm. it really helps us live. Right. It, like, truthfully, live another day. And it, it, even if we do have dark moments, we know that our parents are going to be there and we can, like, go go to them for that. And I, I, I hope one day all Indian parents create this platform for their kids because it's super important. Like, it's not about going to school to be a doctor or a lawyer all the time then they might not be happy doing that or if your son or daughter is gay like you're gonna have to come to terms of that like actually two weeks ago there was a the first indian a girl to girl bollywood movie and i thought it was so amazing to see that because there's so many women that are just trapped Mm. and if they that's what they want and that's what's going to keep them happy like they need people need to talk about it more in our culture, especially. So, right. I think it's just a very slow thing, and with everything, and cannabis is definitely going to be a very slow process. But the more research, the more results we have, the faster this process is going to go. Overall, I think being authentic is liberating, and can in some ways be revolutionary. And in many ways, in every way, <laughs> in every way. In every way. Yeah. Being, being authentic is... Revolutionary. Revolutionary. Just share your story is what I keep saying to people. Everyone always asks, like, how are you doing? How are you getting into the cannabis industry? I'm literally just sharing my experience. Mm-hmm. That's all I've done this whole time. 
and that's why it's so easy to just talk about it freely because it's my life. I can't make this shit up. Right. Right. Like it's just what I've done <laughs> to help my mental health. It's literally what's it helping me live another day. I said what I said. And so yeah. I said what I said. Same story every fucking time you ask me. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 nuts, and there's no roadmap to to answer your question. Really, no roadmap to this. And there's most times where I'm just like, what the fuck am I even doing? You know, like. What is this? An entrepreneur, or every day that you wake up and you're like, "How am I gonna get through this day?" You know, and right. that's it's really just you get through day by day, because anything can happen to you any day. So, right, one day at a time, people. One day at a time. One day at a time. Working on your confidence. Yeah. Reassuring yourself and Reassuring knowing that yourself. who you are is the right person. <clears throat> and being yourself is the most freeing thing in the world. Like you just stop having that feeling of anxiety. Honestly. Right. right. You don't have to cover up who you are anymore. It doesn't matter if someone likes you or not, and you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to be fine. Life goes on. Yeah. I say, I always say this. If you're not paying my bills, I don't care, <laughs> really, what you think. I mean, even if you do, I don't care. But, like, <laughs> I don't. Especially. Especially that reason. <laughs> you know, if you're not putting a roof over my head. And friends don't pay your bills. I say that, too. That's Just true. Just keeping it real, like. At the end of the Sorry, day, so we, we when we go, we go alone. We come exactly. in alone. Come Absolutely. Alone. We go in alone. And, and that's Absolutely. even for my daughter. Even I like what you said. Like, I can't. It's not for, for her, for my mom, for my dad, not for my daughter. For myself. Like, we, of course, we have this network. But we come in alone. We leave alone. And we have to pr- make children that are okay with ultimately yes. who they are. And just share what's helping you if you can. Like, growing up now, it's... Um, I guess these social influencers that are doing big things in the world, all they're really doing is sharing common sense. They're showing, they're sharing life right. and how to get through life. Mm-hmm. And that's all it's about because this new generation, they don't know common sense. They don't even know how to do the simplest things in life. And that's what gives them fear mm-hmm. and anxiety. And like, there's kids in high school and in middle school that are committing suicide right now. And that's not okay. And so the more you talk about it, the more you give them things and tools that will help them, like simple things like changing a tire, you know, like... I almost feel like they know too much. And it's too much information at once. It's too much to uh, download and understand, and it's like high, too much sensory. Totally. Keep them off of the app as much as you can. The accessibility, the many, many options... The, you know, everything, you have a choice of everything. Yeah. There's always a choice. There's all, you know, it's like, it makes everyone doubt and question themselves because there's, you know, so many options. It's a blessing and a curse, I would say. I agree. You know. And Instagram, people use it for all the wrong reasons. Instagram should be a bonus in their life. It shouldn't be their main source of income. They should create a business and then get onto Instagram because your business card is really in person. I say this all the time to people. Like... If you if you lose your Instagram account and you're losing all of your business or something wrong, you you already fucked up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I think after going through so many traumatic incidents, and I say this because it's not Instagram that will pay your bills. People need to realize that. Right. I went onto that after I started a job and after having clientele, after having things to actually share on there. But I had to like practice my skill too, mm-hmm. and then it was a great tool to share my work mm-hmm. on but if you if you 
lose that tool, I will still have my clients that know exactly where to find me because they found me before that hour. Right, 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 right. They know where to find me. And no matter what life circumstances throws at you, and even if you can't go to work, even if you can't post anymore because you're mentally not okay, your business and your bread and butter is still okay. For sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you have nothing to talk about if you're going through something mentally, but you're going to still have to have some sort of stability. Mm-hmm. So I hope all kids do that. Like, make your damn bed before you log into that app. <laughs> Did you this morning? Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I try, I really, really try consciously not to, like, open Instagram. That would be my first thing I open in the morning. It's not. It's toxic. It is. It's it not. is. It's a disease. It's, it's an addiction. It's toxic. Yeah. Oh my God! Look how beautiful. This has been fun. This is really wonderful. We have wonderful Hannah. Oh my God! We're gonna take. So, oh my God! I don't. It's so, so cool. beautiful. It is really cool. This is Thank the best you. I've ever had in my life. And your nails, both of yours. Okay, don't. Okay, look did at you this. do that on purpose? The pink? <laughs> no, no, but don't look at this nail. This is. Why? Erica has like quinceanera <laughs> crowns oh, on one. I had a photo shoot for Beauty Blender, and it was like we're doing this campaign, and so I put a crown. They wanted me to Got have it. like some nail art. <laughs> And this is not my stilo. And I feel very, um, I don't know, just it's just very bulky. Bulky. I need to, it's rem- cute. I need to get it removed. You might as well it's keep perfect. it. Now I feel like I, I need picture some, like, henna-themed nails. This yes. is wonderful. You need to do, like, henna, do they have, like, do they have nail art? Nail, mm-hmm. Henna nail art? Can you do that? Have you done that? I haven't done that yet. Henna, oh, like, on your nails? I mean, I've done, like, I mean, all kinds of other stuff. Yeah, like tattoos? Henna. Yeah, yeah. You have stuff? Yeah. Stuff. And, like, on clothes. I've done like fabric paste, uh, fabric paint. You can actually roll it up in this sucker and like do henna oh. on. I did. I made this like onesie. Oh, that's and things so like that. Just fun stuff. Yeah, but I want it for my, cakes, like my wedding you know? day too. Like my feet and the hands. Yes. You're gonna piss everyone off. I'm just no, kidding. I'm not just kidding. Enough. I'm just kidding. I know. I know. Fuck them. You won't. <laughs> Wait. So tell our tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah, Instagram. How do I Natasha? Is what I'm on. Okay. Yes. yes. And. Then, yeah, check her out. Check out Natasha, and thank you, Natasha, for having for coming on. And your so your lash bar in Studio City. If you're oh in yeah, LA. sorry, I feel like everything's on that one page. But Hanavai Natasha is my platform, and my Shanti my Shanti bar is um, my lash and henna bar. And Shanti means peace in Hindi, mm. and that's why I named it that because I feel like I'm at most at peace at <laughs> work, just making women feel beautiful all day. So that's awesome. those two places, maybe you can find me. Awesome. <laughs> we really enjoyed having you. I, I love you. It. Yes, thank you so much for driving out here. And no problem. The 818. I'd rather be here than the blizzard that Seattle's having right now. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm good on that too. Um, all thank right, you, ladies. Guys. Well, we will light this up one last time. Light this up one last time. <laughs> and as usual, you can find us at goodmomsbadchoices.com. If you have any questions and you need any advice about anything, about anything. DM us or email us. Um, also, we are having our one-year anniversary live show slash party. March 16th. Why are you thinking like that? I thought it was the 17th. No, it's okay. March, <laughs> March 16th. So um, make sure you check out the link in our bio for all that information. And sign up for a newsletter for exclusive drops, 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 drops. drops, drops. Yeah, actually, you should sign up for our newsletter. There's a lot of really cool shit in there that you don't hear on the pod. Personals, memoirs, <laughs> updates. <laughs> All right, we gotta this is go. Like the funnest interview that I've we ever. We gotta done. go. Bye. Bye. One line, a line. Can't no see me, no flex, be kind. Dollars never show up on CP 
time I just wanna wake up on sleepy time Wake up to that nigga leave heat behind Get a presidential suite, leave with they linen In the rolls that's rented, windows tinted Sundown when chimes, break it down One line, a line, can't no see me, no flex, be kind Dollars never show up on If you or anyone you know or love are having suicidal thoughts, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Their number is 800-273-8255. You can also ask your primary physician if you have any therapists or can seek help within your network. Sometimes talking to a stranger is best. Please know you are not alone.